via podcasting. It's an audio rumble of sorts. I'm really jacked up on coffee. And this song as well. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the motherfucking show. All my little dingle dongles out there in doggy world. Uh, this is a show called Concepts, about concept albums, the music therein, and the ideas thereof. Uh, I'm Matt Warriesmith, and with me as always is my good little pal. Nick Tristan, the littlest pal around. He, uh, because of a shrinking ray, is much tinier than he used <laughs> to be. He used to be a normal sized pal. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was a combination of a shrinking ray and a witch's curse, so yeah. I'm just really tiny now. Oh, wow, that uh, really cut out quickly, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I was dancing. Mm-hmm. Witch's so... curse, shrink ray, and uh, some poor audio engineering. Those are the three curses. The, I'm just kidding. The three Tasker. pillars of Overeasy. Yep. <laughs> that's, how, that's, what we, that's what we're building our, our idea on. Hey, uh, no one's interesting, Matt. What? This is the first episode of, of Concepts we've recorded since launching the network. Hey, isn't that exciting? Yeah. Woo-hoo. So now uh, we we know uh, you we know, know that no one's listening. It's we know that yeah. we, the numbers yeah. don't lie. <laughs> uh, though uh, in an earlier episode we made a joke about uh, a half dozen listeners, and can I let me tell you, it's more than that. Woo-hoo. Good job. Good job. Congratulations uh, to yep. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we get drunk? To uh, celebrate yeah, before I'm, we do this. Uh, I'm drunk already. I'm still I'm, drunk from last night. I'm drunk on coffee and this music, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not playing right now. Uh, if you couldn't tell from the from the song that was playing, we're talking about a little album called uh, Random Access Memories by a little-known duo called mm-hmm. Daft Punk. Yeah, a little-known French duo. Um, I don't know why their name isn't in French. Uh, I guess it would be like Les Daft Punkes. Le punks du daft. No, I think it's Le Daftus Punkus. <laughs> That's in Latin. <laughs> or it's a Harry Potter spell. I don't know. Le la- <laughs> what does it do? Uh, it, uh, it definitely does something cool and something fun that I can't think of. Like most magic spells. Mm-hmm. Something cool and fun. I'm very under the weather today, dear listeners, so uh, Matt's just going to uh, be the funny one today, and I'm just going to you know, be a repository of knowledge and wisdom and, uh, and hilarity. Oh, wait. Right, wait a second. So pretty much a regular show is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be the funny, smart, and, uh, and good at podcasting one. And I'll be just the funny one mm-hmm. without those other two things. Yeah, exactly. And honestly... Not very funny. So uh, just take, just rub that right off my resume. If I sent you my resume, as I did, because I tracked down the emails of everyone who listens to our podcast mm-hmm. and sent out my resume, just saying, "Hey, y- uh, you've heard me do not much. Mm-hmm. Why not hire me at your factory?" <laughs> yeah, I'm good at canning things, mm-hmm. uh, building brooms, putting labels on cans, mm-hmm. opening cans, making can openers, putting labels on can openers. Sure, mostly canning business. If well, if you read the resume, you'll see. Sure. Um, so today we're talking about uh, motherfucking random access memories. Yeah, by Daft Punk. By Daft Punk. So uh, a good starting place is probably what our background with the band Daft Punk, and then uh, by extension, this record is. So you, you start. I'll start. Uh, my background with Daft Punk is uh, when I was a wee lad in uh, in high school. Uh, wee because I was young, not because, you know, the curse. Yeah. Uh, the, and the shrink ray. Um, I bought uh, Human After All. Good record. And I enjoyed it. And then, nice. pr- and then promptly forgot about Daft Punk for years and years until this record came out. I think, for me, um, I am not a huge fan of electronic music, or I wasn't for most of my life. I think now I'm getting into it a little more, mm-hmm. um, uh, really experiencing the, uh, uh, the sweet electronic sounds. Uh, but Daft Punk, to me, were always sort of like... Oh, they're good, even if it's not really my style of music. Like Daft Punk was always like a kind of 
the big boys of the genre. For sure. Uh, kind of them and uh, maybe like the Chemical Brothers are yeah. like known, well-known 90s, early 2000s. But then, boy, this record came out and uh, set my world on fire. Cocked the whole system, mm-hmm. as it were. But why don't you talk about your background with the, the sweet French boys of uh, Daft Punk? Sure. Um, when I was, I mean, they had, like, undeniable hits that you couldn't avoid. Yeah. Like, so, like, Around the World and uh, uh, all that stuff, basically. Yeah. All, all that, like, early, early stuff. Um, and I, it's funny you mentioned Chemical Brothers. I, when I, when like, when all that first stuff was happening and I wasn't really paying attention to it, I just thought they were the same band, Chemical Brothers. Yeah. Punk. And then I eventually see that. it was when I was in high school, a friend of mine had a DVD that was a collection of Michelle Gondry music videos. Oh, that's a really good. I also had that. Right. So there's, uh, the around the world video mm-hmm. is on there. Mm-hmm. And then I was always into them. It's funny you say human after all is the first one you bought in a good album. Mm-hmm. I would call it the worst. It, it, it is considered sort of their, uh, uh, they're nader uh, by many, but it's hey, it's the one I own. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still good. It's still mm-hmm. Daft Punk, but it's funny. It's like that is sort of their most bare bones, like techno record. It's, almost, it's you a know? very. Ch- uh, they have a reputation uh, for being um, for not taking themselves too seriously, but also for being a little chilly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think Human After All is one of those uh, one of the reasons why. Like it's very yeah, stripped down, um, cold hard uh and, and yeah in techno like it actually using the word techno correctly yeah it's a techno record for sure and then it's very euro and then they didn't make an album for years then they mm-hmm. came out with the tron legacy soundtrack uh-huh. and then they came out with random access memories wait a second tron is terrible <laughs> i liked it i, yeah, I, <laughs> I like mean, it is horrible i like but... the original tron but uh uh, well, you got to get fucking blunted. Here's the, here's what you mm-hmm. got to do, Nick. Get super blunted right to your front piece, uh-huh. and then go see Tron Legacy with your brothers on Christmas Day, and uh, okay. really lose yourself to dance, if you know okay. what I mean. Sure. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I only saw it once. It's a bad movie, but I was like, yeah. all right, man. Jeff hey, Bridges, baby. Cool, dude. <laughs> um, far out. Yeah, so let's talk about this record, the record. though. I Random mean, Access Memories, 2013's. Sure. Uh, album of the year, according to the Grammys. Was it? Yeah, it it won album of the year. Do you think it deserved it? Yes, me too. Yeah, so I uh, I bought this record. Um, I think just on like the general advice of the internet, uh, it it had blown up. Uh, Get Lucky had pre- preceded it. Uh, had already been become a bit the song of the summer, mm. if you recall. Yeah. Uh, 2013. Um, was that also the year Blurred Lines came out, and we were all just as a as a nation, we felt very comfortable letting Pharrell into our into our into our into ear our holes, lives yeah. and into our uh, stereos. I believe the ear living holes rooms of America. Is, uh, um, a better term. Yeah, yeah it was the same right. same time. Uh, that, was a, that was a fun summer. I mean, this album was like hotly anticipated by me and mm-hmm. and millions of other people because yeah, they hadn't released an album in what like twelve years. Uh, dare we look it up? No, we daren't because I don't want to look at my phone forever. Sure. Uh, it. I mean, Tron was released. I don't count Tron, Matt. And well, the, it's counted as like in the chronology of their albums. Sure. I think both the the uh, the actual OST and the and then the remix and the remix. Yeah. But this album was like it's so forgetting about Tron. Coming from Human After All, which is like a super techno bare bones yeah. album, we suddenly come to this album that's like incredibly lush, has all these uh. It's all live, all, almost all live instruments mm-hmm. all over the album, which is a first for them, especially coming yeah. off of Human After All. And Mixture uh, of digital and analog recording. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it is a hugely different uh, sound for them, something we've never seen. 
uh, from Daft Punk, so even even in their early days. So it was a pretty exciting shift, and I think they definitely came at the right time for them for kind of securing their legacy. Absolutely, yeah. It's exactly what they needed because they are also a band that notoriously rarely tours. They did a small amount of... Pretty secretive. Yeah, and, and they did like, you know, they did the big pyramid tour. They did like a live 97 and a live 2007, and that's pretty much it. And then maybe, did they do a festival appearance when this came out? I, I, I yeah, they were at one of the, the big ones, right. uh, I, if I recall correctly. Let's call it... Oceanalapalooza. Yeah, it was a very good, very good festival. Uh, they did a duo with uh, um, Paul McCartney, Thomas Pynchon. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I bought this record, uh, listened to it just tons and tons, and then I think by the time uh, Year of Our Lord 2014 rolled around, mm-hmm. I kind of just abandoned it. Yeah. I, I feel like this was such a, like, it burned really hot and really brightly for, like, a little while, and then I just sort of stopped, stopped listening. Like, and, and I feel like it, like we as a society kind of just forgot about it a little bit. Like, I don't hear Get Lucky nearly as much mm-hmm. as I do some other early uh, 2010s uh, pop hits Woo! on the radio. I, I still hear that song more than I hear Get yeah. Lucky nowadays, probably. It, but, and I just wonder if it... And, but, like, everyone still likes this record, but it, it did... just for, for me, at least, it kind of, just, like, fell off my radar, so I was very happy to rediscover it for the sake of this podcast. Rediscovery. Mm-hmm. That's the next Daft Punk album. Yeah. It's just remixes of Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that must exist. Someone must have made that. It, it's gotta. It has to. If, if not, it doesn't... We're doing it. We're doing it, yeah. Do you know how to remix? Nope. Me neither. Uh, great. Um, this album, uh, let's, let's just talk about it musically for a little while. How Absolutely. Before we talk about the themes or anything like that and, and all the concepty mm-hmm. stuff. Um, musically, you have a whole bunch of live instruments, a whole bunch of guests. Yeah. Uh, so, most notably, Nile yeah. Rogers Nile, from yeah. Chic, uh, who's like a disco legend and disco mm-hmm. genius of playing slappy, funky guitar. Um, you have, uh, what's that guy's name? RJ, he was the drummer who plays, uh, he was on like Off the Wall and a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. and he plays lots of drums on this record. So basically, uh, as I've mentioned probably too many times, Daft Punk, Daft Punk are French, and with this record, they very consciously want to get away from sort of European electronica um, roots, and they want to make a what they called a West Coast record. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I very mean, like seventies and eighties California. Yeah, so it definitely like they were uh, listening to a lot of um, Steely Dan, and they were listening to a lot of um, uh, the Eagles, and they were listening to a lot of like that like sweet smooth what's often called yacht rock. Yeah, I mean this this record feels like you're driving down a California highway. God, I want to do that. Dancier. Oh, bad. And listen to this record. Like, you mean? yeah, drive down the uh, Pacific Coast Highway yeah. and and like blast this record. Quick correction for me: it's J.R. not mm-hmm. R.J. J.R. Robinson is J- the drummer yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, so it's just loaded. Uh, they loaded up on Chili uh, Gonzalez. Oh fuck, he's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen little... him live. He's great. Um, just loaded up on. Uh, on LA and and Bay Area uh, studio people because mm-hmm. I believe Chic is from San Francisco. I think not, they are, yeah. Not positive. I mean, there's that, also but... like Julian Casablancas is on this record, yeah. most notably a New Yorkman. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's not all. Um, it's definitely not all uh, West Coast. There is definitely. I mean, disco is uh, pretty pretty big New York movement for sure. Uh, 
And yeah, so they really went, were going for this like uh, distinctive 70s, 80s, lush, uh, very warm sound uh, as a counter to the kind of chilly, um, very, uh, very precise uh, sounds of, of of European electronica. Though I'd argue this is still, still pretty uh well, uh, it's very dancey. precise and oh, yeah, it's super precise. Yeah, but it's all like uh, it's interesting. There's I remember reading an interview with Daft Punk when the album was coming out, and they were talking about how like the reason they still use vocoders on this album and stuff is in a lot of pop music, especially in a lot of rap music and stuff, you have people um, using vocoders and stuff to make them sound make humans sound mo- more robotic mm-hmm. and. Uh, they talked about in the making of this album what they wanted to do was sound like it was robots trying to sound like humans. It's like <laughs> robots playing with emotion. That's a good concept. Right. Um, I oh. Haven't, mm, <laughs> I haven't heard that uh, before. It definitely makes sense. Um, it, it's funny. Uh, like, I didn't, it didn't even really register to me how much vocoder there is on the record. So much. There's so much, and it works so well. But even on this record, because there's vocoder on all their albums because they never just sing outright. Mm-hmm. Even on this record, though, the vocoder, whatever they're using, it has more of their natural timbre coming through and stuff. Like, yeah. It sounds more human. And then, you know, when Julian Casablanca sings, it's a song that's way out of the register you're used to hearing him sing in with mm-hmm. the strokes plus it's heavily vocoded as well as having his sort of uh, natural sound to it so uh, they do a really really good job on this record of straddling the line between robotic and human which i think leads really nicely into the idea of talking about this record uh conceptually yeah let's so. take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about the concept stuff uh we'll see why don't, why don't we go out on uh, i don't know Lose yourself to dance. Sure. Quick Our, song that yeah. I thought of. Yeah, Our we'll be right. Pharrell. We'll be back. He's back, and we'll be back. Hello, greetings, salutations, and dingle dongle to all my sweet little doggies out there. It's your good friend Matt here, and with me is my good friend Nick. Here. I am here. And we are talking about, you guessed it, another show that we have on this fine network you're listening to over Easy Airwaves. Why don't you uh, spin them a yarn there, Nick? The show is called Awesome Sound, and it's a podcast about the music of American alternative rock group Ween. That's right. Uh, Basically, I think they're the greatest band on earth, as do some other people. A whole bunch of other people disagree with that, uh, and this is a show in which I convince everyone, including Nick, that they are, in fact, the greatest band in the history of the world. We start from uh, their most accessible albums and take it all the way to their crazy brown shit with some uh, fun diversions along the way. That's true. So why don't you tune on in to Awesome Sound, a podcast about American experimental rock band Ween, and we'll see you next time when you listen to us in podcast form. Awesome Sound is available on OverEasyAirwaves.com, iTunes, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Bethany, a fellow podcaster on Over Easy Airwaves. If you like the sounds of this podcast, you should check out my podcast, The Talk. It's a little different, but a lot of fun. And if you like a good old-fashioned roll in the hay, you're sure to love it. So come check out The Talk. Hey, we're back. We are back. And uh, if I sound different... 
because my mic has been moved considerably closer to me. Uh, you're hearing more of my naturally resonant voice now. You sound good. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Welcome back to Concepts. We are discussing Daft Punk's 2013 record, Random Access Memories, or RAM for short. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, earlier, before the uh, break, we were talking a little bit about the music and, and what they did differently and a little bit about uh, our history uh, with, the, with Daft Punk as well. Uh, and I think we should, uh, you know, the show, as I recall... It's called Concepts. Yep. And what's the idea of the show, Nick? We talk about concept albums, Matthew. That's right. So shit. Whoa, that's Matthew. weird. <laughs> that's not how you talk. <laughs> also, nobody calls me Matthew. I've been starting. I've been trying to get to catch on a little bit. Well, please don't. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't care. Do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the conceptual ideas behind this record and what this album means as a concept album. And before we started the mics rolling uh, earlier mm-hmm. today. Those mics are rolling, rolling, rolling. And they are now. And mm-hmm. here's how we record podcasts is we roll microphones down a hill mm-hmm. and we get in garbage cans and roll down beside them. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a delicate balance. And we edit out all the extra noise after. Mm-hmm. And we're very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Editing out noise, that is. Because <laughs> listen to this. Perfect. Pristine. Um. So you were saying before the mics and us were rolling so quickly down this mm-hmm. very, very long hill mm-hmm. um, that you don't necessarily think of this album as a concept album. I think of it, uh, I think something we've talked a lot of on this show is the difference between uh, a concept album and an album that is conceptual, uh, where every, because uh, you had the point on our last episode, Blue, that every good album has some kind of concepts mm-hmm. at play, but that doesn't make it a concept album necessarily. Right. And that's sort of what I feel with this one. Like there are themes and there are things that connect, but there's, I don't feel that there is a big overarching concept that connects it all in the way I felt that blue has a big overarching concept that connects everything on mm-hmm. it. I don't know. So, uh, but, but you disagree. So it's, yeah. this is your, it's your chance. So here's what I, um, I always uh, thought of this album as not only a concept album on its own, but also does an amazing job of tying together all of Daft Punk's history and all of their previous album. Curious. Interesting. I always think of Daft Punk as uh, like robot aliens, essentially, discovering Mm -hmm. life on Earth, Mm -hmm. and they are not human, but they want to feel human things. And and that's a really good point. Uh, Something we should talk about is... Uh, Daft Punk are a very conceptual band. Like they're arguably like a concept band. For sure. We're probably the first one we've had uh, on this podcast, unless you really think Beyonce is like that. I mean, she kind of is. Kind of, I mean, almost all pop stars yeah. sort of are, right? Not yeah, but not in the same way that Daft Punk are. Like we yep. don't we don't know their real names. We don't. Uh, well, we do. We do, but <laughs> but like they don't. But it's not advertised in right. the, as such. A lot of people band. don't know what they look like, even mm-hmm. though it has been you know talked about, shown mm-hmm. in magazines and stuff. Um, but I, I, one of the things that has made them so cool to me, and one of the things I forgot to say earlier, also just in talking about our history of the band, was that even though I wasn't a huge fan of them when I was really young, and I only really got into them in my teen years, they. They always, to me, were like a pillar of cool. They seemed like they were cool, yeah. undoubtedly, forever. Yeah, and I mean, uh, they've we've talked about like their reputation uh, a little bit, but like uh, it certainly didn't hurt to have uh, Kanye sample uh, uh, "Harder, Bigger, Faster, Stronger." Harder, bigger, wetter, yeah, slippier, uncut, yeah, um, <laughs> uncut. What? Which, uh, and not only sample, uh, and a lot of people were really it was fucking fe- annoyed. It was featuring, but it was wasn't a feature, it? like they're in the video, yeah. which is fucking cool. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, so they have always been sort of the coolest of the uh, uh, the big electronic acts. Maybe only Aphex Twin has Aphex that Twin kind is of very very cool. That cachet, also, but Aphex Twin is fucking weird. Like, I also it's a think LCD sound system is really really yeah. cool. But I would also argue that they're not an electronic band. They are a live no. band that plays dance music. No. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so, uh, they're Daft Punk is a very conceptual band, and uh, and you're. You're right. Their uh, their albums do sort of tie into this idea of like finding humanity. So all that uh, with that idea in mind, and treating them as an act that exists. If you imagine them always to be these robot aliens who are trying to break through into humanity and feel human emotions, you have discovery, which is them. It's it's all right in the titles essentially. Discovery, it's them discovering the human race and trying to connect with them. Homework is just delving deeper into it, trying to become you know. Human after all, they discover humanity within mm-hmm. themselves, which is weird that it's so like bare bo- bones and techno. Couldn't you have called this album Human After All? No, because I love that this I always think of this album, and this is I think the main the main point of why I think it's really a strong concept album on its own. Is the idea of they've spent three albums however much time on Earth already, you know, soaking it in, trying to learn about it, becoming as human as they possibly could. And the idea that the random access memory there's a thing, a quote that they put out about how it's both, uh, the title refers to both, like, the random access memory RAM on a computer mm-hmm. and the fact that the way that a memory works in the human brain where seemingly memories come up at random and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. So I think this album is really, like, the in- all-encompassing about the duality of them as a band, as mm-hmm. machine aliens, and also as people. Mm-hmm. And... um a lot of the themes on this, like I like to think of it as sort of you're going through the hard drive brain of these creatures mm-hmm. and coming across all the different things that they've experienced, which is like I think touch, which they've called the like centerpiece of this album, mm-hmm. is a really good example of that. About how you know it's all about these sensory ideas, and uh, there's all this stuff about still wanting more and still not quite belonging. All those themes come through at the album. Anyways, uh, that's that's kind of why I think of it as a concept album. Uh, that's a very good argument. Uh, I mean, and it helps to have someone a little better versed in Daft Punk's history like you are uh, to kind of get that that context on it. Um, it's interesting. Um, when I was doing some research for the record, uh, there was a quote. Uh, they were talking about Get Lucky, and they're like, the song's not about having sex. This uh, song is about... Um, trying to find a connection with another human. Mm. And I was like, oh, bullshit. Of course it's about sex. But I don't know. Maybe, And hearing you, after hearing you talk about that, maybe there is an argument to be made uh, that it, that, you know, it isn't about sex. But come on. I mean, I think, I think I saw the same quote, or at least a really similar quote from Pharrell, not from Daft Punk. That oh, said, yeah, it was from Pharrell. It's about sex, but it's also, like, yeah. it's undoubtedly about sex, but it's also about just finding, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be about sex if you want to look at it in a different way. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff on this album is about trying to find connection and trying mm-hmm. to, I mean, that's kind of the theme of the band in general, is mm-hmm. robots wanting to become, it's like Pinocchio, robot Pinocchio. Yeah. Or what's that, uh, AI? Yeah, that is Robot Pinocchio. Yeah, Robot Pinocchio. Um, um, yeah, another thing that's important to talk about is that um, they are jazz robots, which, as everyone knows, mm-hmm. uh, is the future of human and music technology. Mm-hmm. As we saw in the uh, hit film La La Land. Yeah, if uh, if you listen to Nick and I's Oscar Spectacular, uh, we talk a lot about jazz robots, and mm-hmm. I just think it's important that we all see they're coming for us, uh, mm-hmm. and Daft Punk really is the very first yeah, wave the, of that. Yeah, they're the vanguard. Um yeah, so I, I think 
I'm still not completely sold that it is uh, a self-contained concept album, but I think it definitely works as a concept album when you consider the larger context of their discography, their history, their performance, their outfits, everything. Yeah. So they're a concept band, so sort of everything they do is going to be a concept album in that regard. Right. But I think if you just e- examine it, it song, song to song, little less of one. But hey, I mean, uh, on Blue, I talked a lot of, I brought a lot of Joni's history and her past in. You can't, I think you can't completely divorce a piece of art from its uh, context. Though, is the author dead, Matt? No. I mean, well, they're both alive. <laughs> Literally, you, every- solved, you solved the great uh, metatextual debate. <laughs> Literally everyone who was on this record, I'm pretty sure, is still alive. Mm-hmm. Is not Roger still alive? Yeah. He fucking better be. Um, now, if you're listening, stay alive forever. Mm-hmm. Pharrell, if you're listening, sorry you lost <laughs> that lawsuit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that sorry. Yeah. Are well, you? I mean... It has a uh, chilling precedent. Uh, it was a kind of a garbage lawsuit. So, mm. I mean, it couldn't have happened to a sleazier dude in Robin Sick. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's for our our episode on Robin Sick. Actually, Robin Sick does have a really terrible concept album. Really? What, what is it? It's about his divorce. Um, oh, when's it from? Like 2014. Oh, maybe we should. Yeah. All right. Well, here's uh, not it, quite a promise heard from it us. Here first, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. We might do a podcast about that, uh, but likely not. We have a lot of other albums on our list. <laughs> yeah. But let's keep talking about this one for sure. now. Sure. Let's. Do you want to go through some of the tunes? Maybe. Yeah. Um, love to. I, I just. I just want to listen to it. Like you were saying earlier. Like we. There was a period where everyone was listening to it, and then. We just stopped. And then it won all those Grammys, and it and, just kind of, we're like, well, that's it. And you're right. I had the absolute pleasure of listening to it again this morning before we did this podcast. And I was just like, every song, I was like, oh my God, it's fucking amazing. Yet again. Yeah. We both sent, uh, when we were listening to the record for this podcast, we both texted each other the exact same thing. Yeah. It was just, like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's like, spoilers for this episode. We both really like this. I mean, I guess we can't call it spoilers now because we're like halfway mm-hmm. through it. But uh, sorry if you've been spoiled, dear viewer yeah let's just start off the top yeah. why not right a track by track why not <laughs> okay so uh the opener uh you heard coming in is give life back to music uh which i mean that that fits with the themes we've been talking about yeah. like uh the idea of you know uh humanity within music and uh and this you know it's this album is like a uh deliberate throwback in a lot of lot of ways you know putting life into music putting your soul into music mm-hmm. which i also also think is a really cool way to start off the record where when their previous record is so techno-y yeah. they say give life back to music and all of the first thing let's hear the tune right off the top i mean i know we've, we already did yeah. it once but it's, it's just like holy shit fucking guitar wow like it sounds like real human beings living lives are playing these instruments instead of computers, which is what all their other music sounds like. Also, it's super, super fancy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great tune. And uh, we were talking uh, before we started rolling down this hill uh, uh, that it is one of the best album openers we can think of. Yeah, it's one of my favorite first tracks off an album. Definitely in my top. 10? Sure. Along with 9, My Name is Jonas's. Yeah, so this one, I think there's three tracks on the album that feature Nile Rodgers, and if you can't tell, this is one of them. 
And then you got the vocoders, mm -hmm. and it's still like Classic. super. It's still more human sounding though than their previous vocoder stuff. I think. Sure. All right, should we keep moving? Let's just keep moving because I could easily just dance to this, and, and that's and not you a are. fun. And I am, but that's not a fun podcast for anybody <laughs> to listen to. Track two, the game of love, mm -hmm. my sweet doggy. It's a nice one. Real chill. This album is a lot like probably the most chill songs per capita. It yeah, this record is not just uh, big banger after big banger. There's a lot of ballads, a lot of low key, funky. Sweet, sultry, sexy stuff. Which I think speaks to the idea of them finally, you know, achieving a little bit of humanity. Yeah, a little bit of sensuality, for sure. Uh, this song isn't a standout for me, but it, it it's nice to go from uh, the, you know, big, dancey bombast of Give Life Back to Music to this. Yeah. I also think this song does a funny thing that Daft Punk does a lot, especially all over this record which is singing with vocoder that sounds so, so sweet. And then imagine someone singing it not with a vocoder and it like immediately becomes a super cheesy song that I yeah. probably wouldn't like. But somehow the fact that they're robots playing it makes it so fucking like funky, smooth, sexy. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, even on this record, which is a lot more, uh, makes reference to the music of 70s and 80s, it's still a very digital record. Like, it yeah. still has that, uh, you know, unescapable robo, you know, robo. That song's about robo sex. That song's about, I mean, they're Daft Punk. What are you <laughs> going to do? Uh, do track think, three? Do you think the robots of Daft Punk have had sex with each other? The robots of Daft Punk? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they want to experience love. And who are they going to practice their kisses on? Their sweet <laughs> robo kisses. <laughs> Anyway, you can read more about this in my Daft Punk fan fiction. Where are they going to practice their sweet robo kisses? All right, this is Giorgio by Marauder. Uh, so, uh, I think, do you know much about Giorgio, Giorgio Marauder? Yeah, I mean, I know what I learned about him when this album came out, and I looked him up and I was like, yeah. oh, look at all these great songs that I know that he composed, basically. Yeah. So, Giorgio Marauder is uh, one of the uh, big pioneers of uh, electronic music. Um, he uh, not only is a, uh, a terrific composer and arranger and songwriter, but he also uh, was very involved in the technical development of a lot of uh, uh, modular synth stuff in the, uh, well, you just said, in the uh, late 60s all the way up until the early 80s. Uh, probably his best known work is the soundtrack to Scarface. Mm -hmm. um, and his, uh, his music is very... Um, his music is very emotional uh, for uh, electronic music, especially like uh, music from this era. He's a, a definitely a, an important pioneer. Uh, man, when this song gets going, though, it is fucking sick. Yeah. Although I think it's funny that about halfway through that song, it comes in with a quote of his where he's like, once you forget about all your preconceptions about what music yeah. is, that's when you can finally just do whatever you want. And then I noticed that the la next part of the song is worse than the first part. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, that, it's like that's, that's true and sometimes works in your favor. But I find th th there's just like that the end of that song with those like super, super punishing drums mm -hmm. to just be like, a little too much. I like it. I like the beginning of that song that's like just super funky, groovy, mm -hmm. uh, dancey. That is a great song. And also, like, I think it's cool that he is on the record at all because he was a huge influence on Daft Punk, mm -hmm. even on their earlier works. Oh, and and in, I you think know, especially on their earlier works. And electronic um, music in general. Yeah. Um, 
but his kind of uh, Marauder, Marauder and uh, also Evangelis is another example of this, is kind of like lush, romantic-influenced, um, um, like, orchestral electronic music. Yeah. Uh, which, which, I, which is interesting, because a lot of us think of, when we hear electronic music, we think of, you know, especially 70s and 80s, like, we think of sparse and chilly, like John Carpenter stuff or yep. Tangerine Dream stuff, but there's this whole subgenre of uh, big, bombastic, orchestral, romantic uh, uh, electronic music, and I think that it's a very conscious decision to pay tribute to Marauder on this record specifically. Oh, for sure. I also think it's cool that he's on this record sort of representing that side, which is techno, and then also you have Paul Williams on this record yeah. singing Touch, and he is also like really sappy, cheesy, theatrical in the way that he sings and the way that he writes songs, but he's far more human. Again, yeah. like the duality of, of those two things represented very clearly on the record. Yeah. Uh, should we move on? Let's keep moving. Track number four is Within, featuring Chili Gonzalez. Yeah. You know, I don't care what people say. I think he's a very good piano player. <laughs> you show them all, man. <laughs> Cool, really, really sweet intro. And again, another great example of like a super, super human, mm -hmm. very live sounding instrument right off the top. And then the song just obviously gets like robotic because it has a robot singing mm -hmm. it. Another Robotech song. It's so <laughs> nice. It's like, uh, it's, it would make a great movie soundtrack. Mm -hmm. But as we've learned... Daft Punk does not know how to score a movie. Someone get these guys on the horn. I have a movie they should score. Tron 3? I guess it's 3. Yeah. <laughs> Tron 3D. I think that last one was in 3D. Yeah, it was. Fact. Why did I get so blunted otherwise? <laughs> I couldn't possibly tell you. There's not much to say about this song musically. It's un Again, it's just like a great mix of mm -hmm. human and robot. I mm -hmm. like that it has a lot of, there's so many things I don't understand. I've always been looking for something that I can't find. This one, like really lyrically, I think does a great job of, yeah. of uh, tying all the themes together. Yeah, it's a, a good centerpiece for the record. Yep. Yeah, let's move on. Move on to something a little more interesting. This is Julian Casablancas sounding like you've never heard him before on this song. Instant crush. I've got a got a bit of a not really a hot take. It's just uh, an opinion, I guess, on uh, this song. I think if this album was released today, this would be a big single from it. I think this song is was even in 2013 ahead of its time. I yeah. think this song sounds a lot more like. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a lot of. Uh, stuff that you can hear in the uh, sort of kind of like chill uh, it's, it's almost like vapor wave yeah. almost or like chill wave yeah it sort of reminds me of uh, that fucking band that everyone loves that I kind of like but I don't really know how I feel about with that album Currents Tame Impala Tame, it's a little a little bit of uh, Tame Impala but uh, yeah yeah, I don't know. This, yeah, I could see that. I but, really like this song, but I, that's an interesting point that I've. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that hot topic and I'll put it in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, hot topic. What did I say? Hot, said topic? hot topic. Yeah, you know yeah. the store. Yeah, <laughs> uh, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, like this is a great song. It's got a great chorus. Uh, I don't think this, even by today's standards, though, is an is like a number one single over "Get Lucky." Oh no, I'm not saying. <laughs> I said it would also have been a single, right? Which it just wasn't yeah. at all, right? No. But it's so. But now we're more into these kind of 
moody, uh, moodier, sexier stuff. Because I think, uh, I know you hate him, but Drake has been really influential in that regard. Uh, mm. Frank Ocean has been really influential in that regard. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have, you know, Rihanna putting out slow, dancey, dark groove stuff. like. Yeah. I do think that, that that instant crush still, once it gets to the chorus, that is still pretty like yeah. poppy, dancey, daft punky sounding oh, to me. You know? Yeah, but I mean, and I think uh, this album was probably very influential in a lot of artists recording today, too. But that part sounds like, you know, a hundred other songs. Yeah, exactly. Like Major Lazer and stuff like that. Ugh, I know. Major Lazer is a lot worse. But <laughs> but I mean, I, like, uh, really, really talented people like uh, Skrillex and... Uh, and uh, Diplo are definitely cribbed from this record. Heavily. For sure. Daft Punk has always been, since they exploded onto the scene, like influential to everyone else making music because they're really good. Know who this uh, Instant Crush, uh, this is the last thing I'll say on this, who would do a really fucking sick cover of it would be someone like Ellie Goulding. Mm. Could really, that kind of, or Robin maybe, something mm. like that. Yeah. The Bird and the Bee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd fucking crush that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Track number six. You heard a little bit of it earlier, but you're going to hear it again right now. Mm-hmm. Feet, your boy in the big hat, Pharrell himself. Mm-hmm. Lose yourself to dance. And generally, I don't like when song titles tell me what to do. <laughs> you're Well, you're a rebel. I am a rebel with no cause, seemingly. Yeah, well, that's a really fucking bad thing to rebel against. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I do want to dance. And in fact, often I lose myself to it. Course. I mean, this. so this was the second single off the record. And, I yeah, I like this song a lot. It definitely doesn't hold up quite as well against uh, Get Lucky. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's not as good as Get Lucky. But again, it's got, like, I like that it's, it's, like it's the, like, sexy. super deep yeah. pocket groove. I don't know. I think it's so funky. I also love these claps. So cheesy. Yeah. These guys, Daft Punk does cheesy in a way that's like undeniably good still, mm-hmm. which is hard to do because I find often I'm a harsh critic of cheese in music. I know you're very accepting of a lot of cheese mm-hmm. in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm not super into a lot of cheese, but these guys uh, pull it off in a way that's um, both graceful and robotic. Sure. <laughs> well, more RoboSex. <laughs> uh, should we move on to maybe my favorite song on this record? Absolutely. Touch. Um, they called it the centerpiece of the record around which all other songs are placed. So I always think of this as like the core of the of the random <laughs> access memory brain. And from this idea stems a, you know, like if you were to be in some sort of lame class or with friends and you're brainstorming by making graphs on a whiteboard in which you just grow out from there mm-hmm. touches the centerpiece of the brainstorm of this record and mm-hmm. all the other songs are tangents that come out of it and I think it's really cool again the perfect example of this start that's kind of like comes out of a dream mm-hmm. and then becomes quite nice and when the vocals start in this part it's like a scared sick Robot that's yeah. just trying to like break out of whatever horrible disease that's holding it, and then it becomes this like incredible, lush, beautiful, almost musical number. I, I mean, like from a music, yeah. it is a musical number, of uh-huh. course, but you know what I mean. Uh, and he sings it like really soft and low, and then all become it becomes like a 
like an alien freaky dance party in the sky <laughs> with like ragtime piano and shit. Uh, it's like one of the coolest songs uh, in recent memory that's on like a huge poppy album. It's a it's a very cool song and uh, should uh, definitely be pointed out that this is a supremely well produced record. Um, just the quality of the recording is very very high. Here. There's something like uh, 250 separate tracks on the on this song. I wouldn't be surprised. Like just so many different. I mean, it just goes goes and goes and goes, and it visits so many. Oh, I totally forgot about the whole other part where it goes to the halftime. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of what they say, but I can't because I'm listening to the song. <laughs> Can we take a few minutes um, during this podcast for us to just not talk and listen to this entire song? <laughs> I think we're fine. A fucking awesome performance by Paul Williams. Yeah, so have you seen, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Phantom of the... Opera. N- no, the... It's Paul Williams stars... Um, it is It is based on Phantom of the Opera. It's the De Palma movie. Phantom of the Panic? Never seen it. Oh, fuck. I, I know we have... Uh, Matt and I have an ongoing... Uh, that dog there's a through? there's a very loud dog barking <laughs> downstairs right now, dear listener. Uh, Matt and I have an ongoing list of m- all these movies we're going to watch, but we'll definitely add Phantom of the Panic to that. It's a disco Phantom of the Opera starring Paul Williams. That sounds amazing. <laughs> directed by Brian De Palma. It's fucking crazy. That sounds really sweet. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really it's really great to get Paul Williams on here. He's one of those sort of. He's always been pretty hard to pin down because yeah. he's been a bit of an iconoclast, never really fits into one genre. Well, what's he best known for? He uh, like he wrote songs for, with the Carpenters, right? Yep. Uh, Just a great songwriter. He wrote The Rainbow Connection. Yeah, he wrote, didn't he write that, uh, he, he wrote this really fucking great uh, song for an insurance commercial that has been covered a ton. Yeah, We've Only Just Begun. We've Only Just Begun, yeah. That's maybe his most famous. Yeah, uh, he did a song that's covered by the Monkees. He, he he's all over the place. I think he has an Great. Oscar for something, doesn't he? Didn't he write a song that he has an Academy Award for? Maybe Rainbow Connection. Mm, anyway, talk about something. When I find <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway, so Paul Williams has always been a big, big old weirdo, kind of in that that vein of like um, Van Dyke Parks and those like weird voiced great singer songwriter types. So it's it's cool when. Uh, a big pop act uh, recognizes someone so influential, but maybe not. Maybe like Paul Williams hasn't been considered cool for a while, so or maybe ever. But I mean, I never. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, definitely cool that he's on this record and he sings like very nicely on it, and it's cool. He won best original song in the year 1977 for a song called Evergreen. That song we all know and love, uh, which we'll now both sing at the same time. <laughs> a song, a song called Evergreen. I love you, Evergreen. You will never turn to another color. Very good radio. You'll always be green to me. Very good song. As you can t- even uh, even from us uh, making it up, you can tell what a great song it is. Yep. Let's listen to something else. <laughs> I think it's cool. Uh, right at the end of Touch, the last thing is like, I need something more. 
and then it immediately comes into this like super funky song. It's a great transition. I mean, how long do we have to talk about this song for? You know what this fucking song is. You know who's <laughs> on it. It's a hit. It's amazing. You can dance to it. You song can, of the summer. You can make love to it. Mm-hmm. You could cook a nice meal to it. Mm-hmm. You could run to it. Yep. Or any other kind of working out you felt like uh-huh. it. You could listen to it and stare at a blank wall. You could listen to it with your eyes closed and do nothing else. And those are all the ways in which you can listen to this song, and no other circumstances will do. If you can think of another way you can listen to this song, please let us know on Twitter. You can find me at Adam Smith. And me at, at Nicholas Tristan. All right, let's uh, move on. Let's move on. Uh, the next song is Beyond. Let's hear a little bit of this tune. I've, Speaking like, of orchestral. Yeah, Legend of Zelda intro here. It's a super weird intro. Yeah. That uh, never, still doesn't make any sense to me, really. It's just kind of fun. It's definitely fun. I like this. Yeah, very cinematic again. Timpanies. How much do you think timpanies cost? They're very expensive. I wonder if... I'm looking over to DJ Tasker. He's giving me the shake in his head. No, we can't get timpanies. That's too bad. We could this... probably rent one if we really wanted to do some overdubs. <laughs> For the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> if we ever want to overdub some timpanies over our podcasts, which, why would we? Uh, I really like this song. I really like this guitar line. Mm-hmm. This isn't Nile Rodgers, but... It sure sounds like it. I'm, sh- I'm sure everything else they did on this record is like, uh, Nile was busy today, so he couldn't come in, but could you just play like him? That'd be great. <laughs> Um, this is another great song that pretty much ties together lyrically and mm-hmm. musically all the ideas I've been taught. How can you not think this is a concept album? I don't know. Well, have you changed your mind yet? Sure. Hey, is this the first mind change of the show? Uh, well, you told me that you think blue is a concept album. You just kept arguing against it. Fair. All right. So the second mind, we've both changed our minds. Mm-hmm. What do you know? I guess we don't have to do the show anymore. Great. We, we did it. Let's cancel it halfway through. <laughs> cancel guess... the podcast. We're almost done. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> we're almost done, Nick. Okay. This is Motherboard. I believe it's the only straight instrumental track on the album. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's, I think it's really... This was it's one cool. Of, yeah. This was one of the first songs that when I listened to this album, this album like immediately grabbed me and there's lots of really cool shit on it, but this was the first song, even though it comes after Touch and a whole bunch of other weird shit where I was like, oh man. This is really cool and weird and sounds almost nothing like Daft Punk at all. Yeah. I don't really know what my frame of reference for comparing this would be. I don't know what to compare it to either. It's sort of like Spongle. You know Spongle? I do not, but it's a great name. Spongle is a super weird, like, they're like a sort of trans-European and also like very Indian-influenced, like crazy freak-out psychedelic electronic group. Cool. Uh, is it Simon Posford? Is he the guy from Spongel? Uh, and anyways, they're they're like they do a really cool mix of. Uh, tweet at me if I'm wrong. I'm sure I am. <laughs> um, I don't remember who it is, uh, but it's it's this guy and then this crazy old like Indian shaman guy, and they make all these weird psychedelic sounds. And I saw them once. Uh, I was very high on LSD, and it okay. was great. Um, cool. Anyways, they, first. they Spongel. Do, they do a cool. Um, sort of mix of like psychedelic world Indian stuff and like electronic dance music. And mm-hmm. I think maybe they do more jungles. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know them very well, but uh, they're sure. pretty fucking weird. And that's kind of what I would describe these guys. As. The, that song almost, almost has a like 
tortoise head. Like it almost has like a trip hop. Yeah, there's it's, some. It's something like very European about it. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a definite trip hop influence. Uh, I mean, it also has some like light orchestration on it. it it's a pretty cool track. Uh, let's uh, keep going. Track number eleven, "Fragments of Time." This song, I always feel like I'm like working out in the '80s when I listen to yeah. it. Yeah, reminds me of like spandex. You yeah, know, buns of steel kind of. It's thing. great for running. It's great for exercising in any kind. You can listen to it while you stare at a blank wall or with your eyes closed doing nothing at all. You can listen to it and dance. Yeah. This is probably their most uh, kind of yacht rocky thing, yeah. too. Kind of Doobie Brothers. Uh, That's true. You know, I never really. A little bit of Steely Dan. Super, super uh, Doobie Brothers. I never yeah. really thought of it as a Doobie's tune before, but that's absolutely what it is. Uh, and this is uh, Todd Edwards. Yeah, I don't know who this. he is, but he sounds great. He sounds awesome. Uh, um, also known as the Messenger, Todd Imperatrice, and Todd the God. Cool. Looks like a real piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Grammy winner. Who is this fucking guy? Well, doesn't matter. Doesn't I don't want to do any more research on him. <laughs> and if I did, I should have done it earlier. Uh, we'll we'll cover this on the Todd Edwards cast. Sure. Let's move on. Track number 12, Doing It Right, featuring Panda Bear singing the vocals. A lot of people really, really like this song. I think it's the worst song on this album. It's probably the most Daft Punk. It's probably the most repetitive, <laughs> which, which in is turn makes da- it Daft Punk. Yeah. Uh, I love the uh, the click in the background, but you're right. I think I like it. I think it. it I mean, has I like place, it as well. I like every song on this yeah. record, but I would call this maybe I shouldn't have used the word worst. It's, yeah, the, it's weakest the weakest yeah. on the album, I think. I don't know if it, I I agree with that, but I like it. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite, but. Meh. Uh, great. Well, I mean, what else to say about that? Uh, Panda Bear. Do you know anything about this guy? Nope. Todd, another Todd Edwards alias, He's a perhaps? regular Todd Edwards. Noah Benjamin Lennox. Uh, I guess, is Panda Bear a popular act? Associated Acts Animal Collective? I wonder if he's in Animal Collective. He probably is, since his name is Panda Bear. <laughs> is that what Animal Collective is about? A bunch of people who, their, their side projects are animals? I really hope so now. <laughs> Me too. I don't know. I know people love them. Is that the case, DJ Tasker? Yeah. That is the oh, case. That's really cool. Yeah. You laugh like it's a joke, which it is, but it's also real. Well, good on you, Animal Collective, for making your name a little more literal. I, I like guess. it. Uh, very last track, track 13, Contact. Uh, I like that this song has this cool astronaut intro. Yeah, this is a very Marauder intro. It's weird. One of the things I find really interesting in Georgia by Marauder is it doesn't really sound that much like marauder stuff but this one does this does even the second half that gets all crazy not really like a little bit but so this is basically an astronaut saying they're seeing aliens and it's Mm -hmm. probably daft punk Mm -hmm. then it goes into a crazy i mean what do you think this song i always thought of within the concept of the album sort of revealing that uh they've only ever actually been Observing. observing humans yeah. and keeping out of sight, and now they're show- revealing themselves to us. And then what happens essentially is the entire world losing their minds, which is the whole instrumental part that happens afterwards. It's possible. I also really like, I, I was mentioning to DJ Tasker before we started this, because uh, I was listening to this um, pretty much just before we started this podcast, I was listening to the rest of this record. 
so theatrical this again. This is so marauder. Um, it's so fucking intense. It does this whole song once, basically, and then it does it a second time, but it has a crazy, like, whistle, intense whistling sound that builds yeah. and builds. And then the last time through, it takes out pretty much all the music and is just the building whistling thing. Yeah. And it's just... It's pretty cool. Simply just like everyone on Earth losing their minds because they can't handle it. Mm -hmm. These robot aliens who have become mm -hmm. human after all. These robo aliens who've come for sweet, sweet robo kisses. This song I also really like, but it still, I think, has a little too much of that, like, punishing drum thing that happens mm -hmm. also in Giorgio by Marodo, uh, Maroder. Because Giorgio, Giorgio by Frodo. It's like a little there's a little bit on this album of them being like let's get live drums and live people to play and stuff and then taking it a little bit like not being able to reel themselves in it sounds great it's like really nicely produced it's like like you were saying it's very precise still mm -hmm. i'm sure everything is very very purposeful but this album is just like or this song certainly later on it's super aggressive in a way that they never were and almost like dates them a little bit like this mm -hmm. like blast beat is so so 90s it sounds like a prodigy song or something yeah. to me still good though yeah still very good yeah i don't uh i don't really have much more to say about this record no it's uh i i think it, it speaks for itself fairly well um it's always good to get some uh some additional context in on it though uh thank you for bringing in some daft punk uh fandom uh yeah Good record. I, I give it my patented thumbs up. I'm glad I could change your mind and make you think it's a concept album. I give it my patented thumbs up as well. Wow. It's weird that we both got patents on that. Isn't that? Well, we did a, 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 a co-patent. Right. That, that was that fun day that we went to the patent office. That's right. And uh, listen, folks, if you're looking for a great way to spend your time, head on down to the patent office with a fresh idea for a patent mm -hmm. and uh, maybe listen to Daft Punk's Random Access Memories and talk about it while you're waiting in line at the patent office, sure. which inexplicably, there's always a very long line there. Oh, don't you just hate waiting at the patent office? This episode was brought to you by patents.com, yep. uh, where you can uh, do all of your patenting online. Uh, thanks so much for listening mm -hmm. to Concepts. I'm Matt Warrysmith. I'm Nick Tristan. And we'll see you all next time on Concepts! I love literally all of you!